Are we, yeah, are we're on. You're still getting ready. We're rolling. Can you still hear me? I can me? hear you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Holy hell. This has been like... I would apologize. Is it, how do you say your name? Stefan. Stefan. Man, I yeah. apologize. You'd think I'd have my shit together. But... Oh, no. You should have heard what he said before the podcast. I heard it. I heard him. He's like, but he's over there going, wah, wah. I'm like, just about. I'm about to be like, it. I'm going hunting. <laughs> Shannon, you're going to have to beep that one. <laughs> There's a lot of beeping. If you had been recorded earlier, you'd have been a lot of beeping. Yeah, well, working on a fire crew, you're used to that kind of stuff. So it's it's more of entertaining for me. Yeah. Um, it's not very often you see Buddy get frustrated with anything technical, except podcasts. I was telling, I actually told Lord yesterday, I was like, I'm half tempted to get rid of my phone and go to like a flip phone. Oh, that'd be nice. And like, maybe just have two phones, like like mm. a blue phone <laughs> and a red phone. And so it's like, there's like three people that have the red phone. So you got to, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like get a call on the red phone. phone. It's like, hey, yeah. hey, buddy, go to the blue phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sh- shit's really bad. Mm-hmm. And so I go to the blue phone, check emails. You know what I mean? I don't got nothing on the internet on the red phone. It's just, you have to call me and, and tell me that I need to go to the blue phone. Go. And then that way. That's a good idea, that, actually. I, I'm like, so I might, I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. With the emails and the business and all that, I, I want to disconnect a little more. But anyway. It's harder and harder to get out of service with an in-reach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's the truth. Problem. I just don't want the internet on my phone. Because it gets, like, you just sit there and you just, it sucks you in. And I'm like, damn it, why am I wasting time on this thing for? Yep. Yeah. So, um, so Stefan, uh, where are you from? So, I, I'm from uh originally he was born and raised in taos new mexico okay um which is uh if you're not familiar with that that's the north central part of the state uh north of santa fe this is 60 miles and uh oh came up here to university of wyoming in 2005 um did the did the college gig for a bit um my wife the, right the, the college gig. gig. The college. We talking like oh, college <laughs> gig. I thought you said cause gig, and I'm like, wow, that's some <laughs> shit I haven't heard about. The college gig, man. Okay, got it. I thought, like I said, my we bad. talking like still the two, four, or seven year edition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, well, yeah. Well, I'll just leave it at the college gig. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, wife graduated UW. Uh, we moved down to uh, southern Utah in 2010. Um, hung down there for five years, and then we moved back to Laramie in uh, in 2015. So, um, one of yeah, the I things started, Jason was talking about to give a little bit of a on how this came about. Jason was. Who are you talking about sent with Jason on the podcast? God, I don't even remember now. It was a recent one too. Um, was it with Brett? I I think it probably was. Yeah, we were talking about like sending. It yeah. must have been because we were talking about sending conditions and low pressure versus high pressures, and you know, like I don't know any well, of the science behind st- it. <laughs> yeah, Stephen, come out, Stephen. Stephen, he, he came. He he messaged us and said something smart about it. <laughs> and I was like. Hey, how about you come on here and explain this shit? You know, like I, I don't, I don't normally, like I, I got a concept of it, and I'll be honest, I'd like to to listen to it, but mm-hmm. it ain't gonna make a bit of difference. You kind of, you kind of nailed it at the end. It's like, well, you still got to just go hunt. You know what I mean? Like sometimes conditions are what they're gonna be. Right. You either decide mm-hmm. to go hunt or you don't, and some. So I just was kind of like, hey, I need some more excuses so that I can at least you know use those excuses whenever, whenever I don't. There you something. go. You're the next link's on it. Sure, sure. So this is a podcast yeah. to to build up your excuse pile. I think is go. what we're going to try and do here. Mm. Well, but, yeah, I kind of kind of like. And that. it's interesting because yeah. you you can come at it from two different directions. So like, why don't you take a minute and kind of tell us what you do for a living. And then we'll get into how that translates and how you can benefit and apply that to your hunting. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I've been doing firefighting for the, uh, I did BLM and Forest Service currently with the Forest Service now for 
um, 10, 11 years. Um, we get run through classes and all kinds of uh, sometimes interesting stuff. And sometimes it's, you know, it is what it is, part of the process type thing. Um, we do get ran through some classes on weather. And so we usually have uh, a presenter come through, a teacher come through that works for NOAA. I love NOAA. Or uh, Love NOAA. You can turn <laughs> them on anywhere you're at, and it's a familiar voice. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, and they put on a, a pretty rigorous um, weather class. Uh, and we got to be able to pass that class uh, to to get that certification. What um, certification? Uh, so it's a was it L two ninety class? It's an intermediate um, weather class. And so when you when you uh, go through the class and then you pass it, it's uh, part of a prerequisite to be able to move up in certain positions um, in the uh, the organization. Yeah. So and so. Um, so this this conversation for those who are, who are like scratching their heads still trying to figure out why we got a forest fire guy on there. It was the discussion was about scent and and smoke and how the smoke rises. You know, I think Jason was talking about mm-hmm. when you look out and you see the smoke, smoke from a chimney rising up. That oh, it's going to be a good day for you know trailing or a jump track or whatever. And so you were you were explaining something about about he was telling me I was wrong. Of it. I think is what he was doing. Which is great. Uh, not necessarily <laughs> not not necessarily wrong, but what you were talking about was what's called an inversion. Yeah, it had a name that I had never heard of. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of give a brief description of that inversion. It's basically um, all year round. You know, the sun is is thrown down radiant heat on the ground. Okay, and uh, towards the late afternoon, as it starts cooling off into the evening, uh, the Earth's surface starts to cool. It's a, it's a daily process. Nothing changes there, except sometimes with inversions. Sometimes the Earth's surface cools so fast that you would have, you know, your, your warmer air moving up, and so your warmer, you know, it's going up, and then it's cooling off. The further up it goes into the layers of, of uh, atmosphere in the Earth, right. and and it's just a daily process. Now the inversion, you flip that, so the warm air get the the uh, the warm air gets turned upside down, so then your warm air sits above, and then your cold air sits down below on the on the on the, the Earth's surface. Right, right. So it's kind of like when you look at it on a graph, it kind of looks like a sandwich because you have cold air way way up here in the in the uh, the la- the upper layers of the atmosphere, okay. and then you have your warm air, and then it's now cold air. So a lot of times you'll see, and you see them more often in like late fall winter time uh you'll go you know cruise through town or small towns small towns are really good to look at because you can't quite see those really hard fast inversion layers you'll just see you know the old man down the road burning wood and instead of seeing the smoke going all the way up you see the smoke kind of go up from the chimney and then it just levels out so what happens in those inversions obviously it holds the smoke uh certain cities uh can hold the 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 pollutant material um the the rh level which you'll hear me reference a lot is relative humidity it's the same as humidity level um it's up as well and you dew will be present it'll be frosty it'll be dewy depending on the location where you're at um so uh and the final thing i'll have to address with this these inversions are it just means that they're, you know, it's a sign of a stable, stableish atmosphere. Okay. So when the sun comes up, the way they break, you know, they dissipate, you know, through radiant heat again. So the sun be heating up the, the ground layer and then, it, and it could break. And that's the way it was, it's been explained to me, or you get a combination of both. You get radiant heat from the sun in the morning and later morning, and then you'll get some higher winds to carry off and break that inversion. And then back to hmm. back to to start again. So something like that. I mean, it seems like it would be good in sending conditions, right? Because it's all just kind of sitting there. It is. It is sitting there. A lot of scents sitting there. Um, where I hunt, I don't have that luxury most times. 
uh, to try my hand at at um, at an inversion, uh, and that's mainly because of the wind. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, from and, the windy state, and I. <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah, and it, it's possible too in in valleys look down below in the in the mountain valleys and stuff. You will get inversions in the summer times too. Hmm. It's not just it's not just a winter thing. Uh, it's it's all in how the, the surface uh, rate cools off. So that's mostly like the airflow from the ground traveling up. Like so, you're you're you kind of yeah. You get a light breeze. It's just kind of cooling it off for the evening. Um, depending on the time of year. So like typically four o'clock will be the hot the hottest part of the day. Um, that is also a myth where people are like, oh, it's high noon. Uh, it's the hottest part of the day. No, that's <laughs> not accurate at all. Um, and so, you know, kind of knowing those things and, and knowing, you know, at this time at four, four in the afternoon, it's going to start cooling off. Right. And so I'm going to be getting these type of actions. Okay. Um, now there's so many different spots throughout the West and the U S that they all behave differently. The winds behave different, the transport winds, uh, depend you know, and all that kind of stuff. They, they behave differently. Obviously elevation plays a part in it too. Um, I don't know if I'm sure you guys have done it where, um, you're up hunting with the dogs or elk hunting or whatever, and you get up on the mountain and you didn't realize that there was an inversion there and you're like, ah, man, this is kind of cold. And then you get up on the mountain you're like, whoa, it's way warmer up here. Mm -hmm. Right. It's because there's an inversion happening. Um, and then you can kind of see if you were to look down, back down on, on the valley or wherever you came from, you can kind of see that nice little flat, uh, film of fog, uh, or if it's in a town, you'll see the smoke or whatever, depending on the time of year. Um, you know, just to dabble just a little bit if I can. Um, yeah, so let's back we, up for a minute. Hold on. So um, so first, you, you're studying this for wildland fires. Mm -hmm. Why why is that important to your job? That would be my first question when you're fighting fire. So it's, in, it's important because when the inversions are in effect, uh, your RH levels are higher. Your humidity. And, right? yep, your humidity is higher and your temperatures are cooler. So that means less fire activity whenever, you know, through the night, okay? When, when your fire activity picks up, it's when those, when that inversion, those inversions break, and then what do you mean you'll break? start to see. What do you mean break? Uh, so I'm going to ask a lot of questions here because I don't or, pay attention. No, that's okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, well, you can say the same thing over and over again. but So breaking is the same as dissipating. You, you the sun will rise, and as it's rising, it's throwing radiant heat. And then uh, with the help of wind, depending on the area, again, wind or radiant heat, the inversion will break. Right. Okay, it'll, di it'll dissipate. And what does that happen? That happens, your RH levels drop. Um, your winds, you know, around here, they'll become, and they can, and they can be erratic. Um, basically, all of those are the signs of an unstable atmosphere. Right. And, you know, don't, and repeat, it's, this happens every day. This happens every day. Um, a sign of unstable atmosphere is a dust devil. We've all seen those since we were a kid. That's a sign of an unstable atmosphere. So you get erratic winds, you get high winds for the day. Uh, it's hot. Uh, I mean, there's, there's just a list. Right. It's, it's not like, you know, I don't want, you know, people thinking, oh, unstable atmosphere. What, what is that's a weird term like now it's just stable versus unstable there's there's two terms there so inversions in stable atmosphere at where it's at inversion lifts unstable atmosphere so anytime there's so a change you, in your pressures or is it not pressure related? uh not not the, not the pressures per se sometimes i mean you, you know you got that's kind of what I, I was yeah, you. I, I figured I'm, it was you, everybody. I'm kind of jealous, man. <laughs> You're clicking that pen. I'm like, hey, yeah, I want everybody to know that's not me today, okay? <laughs> Did I'm you, sorry. I'll throw the pen. <laughs> we should side note and tell them about your Christmas present, buddy. Oh, my gosh. You want to get this? <laughs> so I get this Christmas. We had this, you know, 
W Secret Christmas Santa. Present. And so, yeah, they're like, go open this one first. I get two presents. Everybody gets one present. I get two presents. It's because you're the boss. Well, apparently, everybody in the shop has been running around the shop collecting pens that have been mutilated by me. So I mess with the, I bend this thing. I, I, I fidget with pens. And so I guess for the last couple months, they've been walking around the shop collecting all these pins that look like shit. And I got them all as a gift. I got a big old bundle. That's about 30 <laughs> pins there that I tore up and messed around. So anyways, mm. I was kind of, when I was hearing you clicking pin, I was like, hey, there's another guy that clicks a pin like me. <laughs> we can be friends, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyways, so not, right. not necessarily pressure related. Yeah, there's not a direct not, correlation. I mean, they can't. They can be. Don't 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 take me the wrong way. And and I'm definitely not saying like hard and fast. Oh no 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 pressure. They can be related with with the high pressure low pressure systems coming mm-hmm. in. Um, but the way it was explained to me was, um, the rate at which the surface cools. Okay. Um, so would that so, be how the the airflow is going up the mountain? You know, like if if like for elk hunters, if you're like, you know, hunting elk or or deer or whatever, where you're like, oh, you you know, sometimes you're you're you can feel the wind in the back of your neck as it goes up, or um, mm-hmm. and that's going to be all affected by that that inversion. Or yes, so it's uh it basically yeah, so warm air is rising. Yep. That's the best way to put it. You know, the same with the houses and, you know, stuff like that when you put it in a furnace. Um, you know, the location of it, you know, warm air rises. Yep. Cold air sinks. Um, so what you're talking about, though, buddy, is it most likely terrain-driven winds yep. or trans, trans, your transport winds. Um, most of the time... Um, most of the time, I have 50-50 time. You can feel the thermals uh, depending on where you're at. And that's why you see a lot of guys like myself when I'm out hunting deer or elk and I can't quite feel where the general idea where the thermals are and I got to use a wind indicator yeah. of some sort. And that'll, that gives you an idea of which, which way the, the thermals are going. But, I mean, I was telling Jason, too, around here, that might last for like five minutes and then – here we go with the transport and the slope winds and it's, it's all washed away. Yeah. I was thinking more like uh, in, in lines of, you know, I'll, I'll get a strike or something sometimes. And, mm-hmm. and I can't, the dogs can't, they're not striking a track that like they didn't cross the road, but I'll be mm-hmm. like, bam, the dogs will hit. And then I let them out and they can't figure it out. I let them back up. We go again and they hit again. It's like, I know they're striking something and I'm trying to figure out the winds you know, basically the draft is like, where are they pulling that scent from? And and I was just wondering, like, whether it's coming uphill or down. I mean, I just lick my finger, stick my finger in the air. And it's not very effective. I mean, it, it, at some point, sometimes it is, but it's just difficult to try and figure out where the dogs are catching a whiff from. So, Yeah. Um, it's been a long time since I bear hunted. I bear hunted in high school. I pretty much hunt cats. So... You know, I, I see, I have a little bit of experience in what, what you're talking about. Um, I'm, you know, I get, I think what I would do now that I know what I know, I think I would get a wind indicator out to get that little, that little puff and just kind of throw a couple puffs where they're striking it and just kind of, kind of see which way the winds are going. That might, that might give a better idea. Just, I mean, just for the sake of understanding, you're not, we're not trying to get, you know, super technical and into the weeds with this stuff. Right. But um, with rigging, you know, and I've had conversations with my, with my hunt buddy, Aaron Curlin on this, uh, you, talking thermals, you can, we, you know, we've had a little bit of success catching on thermals too. Right. Um, and, and that, that does play a part into that. I mean, th- this, it all does, but I think the thing that separates most of us here from some, some folks in other spots, and it's not. And I'm not saying that we're better than anybody. We're we're on a different or different playing field than others. Just like you guys have different different conditions than we do. Uh, they have different conditions down in the southwest. Uh, our issue is the wind. Yeah, it, it it really is the wind. I don't know how to put it any 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 better. Yeah, how do you trail um, through that? La- la- carefully. 
uh, and I, I'm not saying that as is really a joke, but uh, it, it is carefully. Last year, we turned out on a female, and there's a canyon that I like to hunt, and we were having 40, 45 mile an hour winds, and we looked at each other and said, <laughs> we're not going to catch this. And, and then before you know it, we had her caught. Hmm. Um, we had a lot of, and we do get a lot of, and it's been mentioned, I think, in, in podcasts in the past that we do get windblown ridges and slopes that we have to be able to trail through in the wind. And then it's, it's kind of like run through the snow and then let's hope we can trail through the dry ground. And then into the snow again, and, and it's kind of like this hot, cold, hot, cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, which is always uh, tough. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like to kind of just talk about back up just a little bit and talk about. Uh, I'm sure you guys maybe either know a little or know a lot of or none of of La Nina and El Nino. No, I've heard the name. <laughs> I've heard it on the news. So I always get it wrong. I'm like, so a lot of snow or little snow today? <laughs> like a lot of rain or little rain? That's what I want. Okay, so I'm not going to, I won't, again, I'm not going to dive into this stuff and get super specific about it. I'll try and cover the top layer of it and, and give a, a better idea. What I will say, though, is I do recommend folks study up on them a little bit, try and understand them because they can change year to year. And, you know, well, how does that affect us? Well, I'll talk about it in just in in just a second. So El Nino and La Nina all have to do with ocean temperature and the ocean current changes that essentially affects what type of, of summer and winter we all are going to have. Okay, for example, right now we are in La Nina. Wyoming is already windy as it is. We with La Nina, we see not as much um, storms come through. We had a really dry summer, uh, windier. It's really windy now, a uh, lot more windy than it normally is, and we're we're not we're we're in a drought. With El Nino in this area, and and these these and that's why I say folks need to to dive in and understand. Um, their areas better because just because La Nina affects us here in Wyoming regionally in this, in this part, it'll, it'll, it'll behave different. Like where you guys are, you guys are seeing weather that I was talking to Shannon that doesn't typically happen. So to so understand that you can stop, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, well, there's too much snow. I, I want it to settle so I can hunt. That's all I really <laughs> I thought we were just gonna have a weather guy I, here. <laughs> well, and I, I, I'm, I'm not a meteorologist. You're probably home, better. So. Like, let's be honest. You could probably pull answers out of your hat and get it right more than mm. they do. <laughs> All right. So El El Nino is usually, you know, you're getting more moisture, not as much wind. I'm, and I'm speaking for my area here. We're getting more moisture. We're getting not as much wind. Right. Um. Well, how does that, again, I'm going to ask that question. Well, how does that affect us? For me, here's an example of how La Nina really, really affected us the other day. Okay. We had turned up a, a really good Tom track. Actually, it was, it was a big Tom. And my buddy Aaron turned out on it. And the plan was he was going to go to X point. And I was going to go back down the road and then come up with some fresh dogs uh, because we had a feeling it was it was a cat that he has trailed before, which had gave him the slip after trailing all day. Well, through talking through the end reach and stuff, he's saying, just come up through through there and I'll meet you there. Uh, start gathering dogs. Uh, OK, what happened? And they lost him on the ridge. OK, well, where we turned out, we already had 40, 45 mile an hour winds. And by the time I went up through and got on top of the ridge, uh, another guy was with me. Uh, we were both having trouble standing on our own feet. Like I, I can't paint this picture any better than than it it was. Um, and we were experiencing 75, 80 mile an hour winds on the ridge, and that's that's where the dogs lost right. him. You know, we couldn't stand on our own feet. 
Okay. We got back to the truck and stuff like that. Um, I, and I looked, I got, when I got home, I looked to see what the winds were. Um, and I think it said that day we had peaked to 85 mile an hour gusts that day. Um, which is a little, that's, that's a little higher than what we're used to seeing. Although it seems like it's becoming a norm thing. Um, but, uh, anyways, you know, getting back to sending that there was a podcast that was done on Houndsman XP with, um, well, I can't remember that houndsman's name down in South South Africa, and he was talking about uh, barometric pressure uh, and and humidities. I mean, I've I think he's gone to something, but um, I, I can't give an opinion right now. I'm kind of tinkering with it this season to see if it how accurate and and how reliable it is. But um, I think there is a kind of a golden level, golden rule or a rule of thumb to kind of go off of with your with your relative humidity, uh, you, depending on your area. Uh, you know, you can if you paid attention or you could look it up historically what what the average humidity is for your location, and kind of compare notes and say, well, on this day, well, I'll just talk about mine. You know, on this day, we had really good sending conditions with the humidity levels at, you know, 30%. Uh, and, you know, that's what, that's what my dogs uh, are used to. Um, and, that's, that, and, and that's just generally speaking. Um, I'm not going to dive into, into specifics because in reality, guys that, you know, you guys that need to make dogs or uh, have clients or, you know, other folks too, you got to make a dog somehow. And uh, you just got to try it and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. But you wait for conditions. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. Yeah, I, you know, guys. I'm sure guys will say something about you know the podcast today. But you know, this is what what I've done, or this and that, and that's great. That's fantastic. It, it really is. I'm not being sarcastic about it at all. I think guys, houndsmen, houndswomen, we're all smart enough to figure out how to get how to get successful right so you know the point of me jumping on today was to kind of explain whether in a general terms to help somebody maybe they're kind of like well i don't know what's going on i don't know what you know try this or try that but more or less kind of give an understanding of of how weather moves behaves um you know i think it it could help if if you so just me thinking about it like you could turn into a geek and be like, well, the humidity is at 30%. And this, this is going to be the day to go. We got to be out there at nine 30 and, but you know, with the thermals and, and you can yeah. like, I'm probably going to be like, all right, you work on that shit. I'm just going to take my dog over here and go for a walk. And, and there's people who take notes and stuff like that. And so I think there's definitely, you know, some historical stuff. Like my grandfather used to take notes. I mean, that's what they used to do back in the day. You know what I mean? Yeah, like mm-hmm. there wasn't the internet. There wasn't all this stuff. It was, it was like, you look out at the thermometer outside you say, here's what it was. And he could go mm-hmm. back in his, his book and see, you know, they, they track the weather and he mm-hmm. wasn't a hunter, but, um, so somebody like that, if you were logging, um, catches or whatever it was and be like, Hey, this was, you know, dogs could trail really good. Here was your video. Like those types of things might be really interesting for, for people to, to learn and study and, and, and go, is it going to make a, a, you know, like I said, and it might get you out of bed on a day that you're like, Hey, this is actually going to be a pretty decent day. You might, you might find that pattern. That's like, Hey, get your ass out of bed and go hunt, you know, or take the day right. off on Thursday or whatever it is. I know for me, blacktail hunting, if it's rainy and, and shitty and you know yeah. what I mean? I look at uh, the barometric pressures in that 30 to 30, 30.04 or whatever. I, and I don't, I just know on deer movement and stuff like that. I'm like, I better get my ass out there on Thursday. Yeah. Like I'm not going to be at work on this day because that's the day that something I'm going to see animals probably, or at least nicer sure. bucks. You know what I mean? So, um, I don't know. I guess I do that with cats too, you know, uh, more, you know, if it's going to be stormy, I'm like, you know what? I, I'd rather save my day. I go to work a day that's going to be stormy and I have the luxury of, of uh, <laughs> taking the dates that it's not going to be stormy, but like, hey, those are the days I want to go hunt. I don't want to yep. go running around a ninety mile an hour wind where I can't stand on my own two feet. <laughs> I mean, those are the days right. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to work 
so I can buy some gas money. And then I'm going to hunt on the days that doesn't have 90 degree or 90 mile an hour weather. Um, so yeah, like that would be my thought. My, my takeaway from this is, is so what, what metrics, if somebody was logging this stuff, what metrics would you tell them to, to write down in their book? What, what, what would you recommend they keep track of? I would recommend they keep track of, of the wind, the direction it was coming out of. Okay. It, you would treat it just like you would deer. Right? You got that clicky pen I do again. The, <laughs> you, you, got, you do the same thing. You do the same things. I do the same thing with muleys. Right. You know, I write down, I write down direction the wind was coming out that day the temperature of of the the high okay or 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 at least what it got to where i was i don't write the wind chill i mean it is i'm used to it so um i'll also write the moon phase i'm gonna get a little okay you're going uh, i but, uh, well, I, let's finish the I list before I, I the, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nah, get through the list before you derail it. Yeah. yeah so I'll write, I'll write them, write the moon phase. And then, uh, then I'll record, like if I did kill a buck that day, I'll record roughly how old the buck is, um, how much body fat was on it, how the liver look, is the liver in good condition? Um, you know, that kind of stuff. And then, you know, where I killed it. Well, why is that important? Well, it's important because um, when you record stuff like that and you go back and you look at it and you compare it, you'll see that there are consistencies or there's trends. And then you can start diving in and looking and comparing, well, why are these trends here? What's the trend here? And then you can kind of expect, you know, X, Y, Z, or this is going to be a good day here, or this is going to be a good day there, that kind of thing. Yeah. Humidity, barometric pressure. Yep, yep. I'll do that. Yeah, sorry, I, I missed that. The the humidity, and then now I'm do I'm trying the uh, the barometric pressure, um, and, and seeing with that. But yeah, I'm not going to give an opinion on that yet until I have at least quite a bit more data logged and and be like, you know, some of those guys actually have it down pretty good. I think it it does help. Yeah, and it. it that barometric thing, it's it's like the moon phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I see, so one of the things I don't quite understand, but um, say, well, I guess like last year, I was I was trailing through some drip, you know? It was, everything was melting. It was really hard um, in the evening, you know what I mean? It was like, I, I think everything mm-hmm. starts cooling off or whatever. I don't know, I don't. I don't have my pile of excuses down, you know what I mean? I should sharpen them a little <laughs> bit better before I talk about them, but... One of the things I notice sometimes is is you're trailing through hard conditions, and it's like, man, the dogs are really having a hard time moving it, and they just can't get up to jump it. You know the cat's up in front of them? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I've seen the cat, so I, it's like I know the cat's not far, but the dogs cannot move the track fast enough to pressure the cat, you know, to, to run. And mm-hmm. in some of those situations, it's like you're waiting for conditions to change, you know, like weather conditions or whatever it is. Maybe it maybe it's warming up, you know, that transition between the morning and the afternoon. It's like you start off at, you know, eight 30 or so, and, and maybe you're in this inversion. And so the dogs are really pecking and trailing. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you can trail through that inversion, you know, through that change, then the conditions maybe, and I'm talking out my ass here, but the conditions stabilize. <laughs> and so now you're able to get it jumped and being able to move the track, move a jump track better. And I've just seen situations where it's like, man, you just feel like you're never going to catch the thing. And then whatever happens, man, the dogs turn on like a light switch. And it's like, you, and, and, and sometimes it's, they jumped it. You know what I mean? Sometimes the cat was laying there and he jumped it. And, and so that makes sense. That's, that's pretty obvious. There's other times where it's like, you're watching the cat, like you'll cross your track. So it's like, I know the cat is not no more than 10 minutes ahead of these dogs. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they cannot trail this thing. At this, it's like you just get embarrassed. It's like, man, they they should be trailing a lot better than this. And, <laughs> right. Yeah. And so it's like, so something happens there with the conditions, and and I, mm-hmm. I suspect, you know, there's something in that inversion or in that 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 atmospheric change or whatever, where the dogs are able to run a jump track or where the scent's lingering higher or coming out of the track. I don't know, something like that. I guess. 
Oh, I, the same with like hot in the middle on coat and cold on both ends. Like having a track that just doesn't seem to work out because the conditions where they're starting it are much different than conditions, you know, 300 yards either end of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause like those inversions and things, I'm sure that those can be, you know, isolated pockets too, right? Like a, like one drainage may have that inversion going on, but then you get to the ridge break and then you're dealing with a different story. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you are. You, and I've, I'll try and organize my thoughts now. So to kind of talk on what we were talking on there. Yeah. So when it's, when it's wetter, okay, let's, let's just kind of think about summertime for a minute, not, not winter per se to kind of paint the picture when you're thinking summertime and you get that inversion, you're getting all that moisture. And what do we know about moisture? Moisture holds a lot of things and mm -hmm. scent is one of them, right. but there's a magic line. And I don't have the answer for folks or you guys what that magic line is, right? Because each region's different. And each dog will pick up that those scent a little better at scent R or XRH versus this RH. And you know, like I said, you can get skookum with it, but it it does no good. So when you get up out of that, you get up out of that inversion. Man, your your RH levels are going to be a lot lower than, than than what they were in the inversion, and um, we haven't hunted through inversions this year, but this season, man, I've my dog. So I've, he's he's. There's been a couple times he stood on his head, and I'm sitting there scratching my head like, this is a three hour old track. Why are you standing on your head? Right. And then five minutes later, literally five minutes later, boom, we're caught. And, and I'm going, what the heck just happened? Right. It, and, you know, it, it wasn't as windy of a day. It was like 20, 25 mile an hour wind that day. Um, but the conditions, and I was, I had thought about it early on. If I had turned out earlier in the morning, that would, that would have been the best conditions that he, he does best in to trail in. And I would have caught that cat faster. Sure. Then, then you know all the logistics and whatever went on that day to end up where we were. Get up on this little rock knob that was you know with uh, native grass around it, um, and it held sand and possibly where that cat was laying up. And it wasn't just you know it just wasn't my, wasn't just my dog that stood on on his head. It was you know a couple others too. They were doing the same thing. And then, and then all of a sudden, boom, we're over the, we're over the ridge, that knob and we're caught. Yeah. So, but also too, that, that rock knob was on the South facing slope and that snow was starting to burn off. The wind was starting to, to lick that scent a little bit off, off of the rocks. And so I, I can see how they kind of stood on their head a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. The scent that I mean, I'm, I'm guessing like, as the dogs transition from one extreme, you know, north face to the south face, that that scent's got to be different. You know what I mean? So it almost seems like mm -hmm. running a different cat at some point. It's like, yeah, we're cold trailing, and all of a sudden you switch over, and it's like the the conditions are whether whether in the sun or, or warm or whatever it is. It's like you're you're almost trailing a different cat at that point, maybe to the dog. And I don't know, maybe I'm, you know. No, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. But I want to talk about that, actually, since you, you brought that up. So, um, you know, obviously there's four aspects to to a mountain. Let's just talk about a mountain, okay? You have the north aspect of the mountain, you have the south aspect, and then you have the east and west aspect. All, if you ever notice on, on certain mountains and stuff, the north aspect of the mountains always have some, most likely the thickest growth of timber. And a lot of different, it's cooler over there. It holds moisture more. Um, and and I mean, year round, it's cooler. And right. even in the summertime, that's the cooler end of it. So it would make sense that if a bear or a lion or a bobcat went through, that they, they would hold the scent better. Uh, your, south, your southern end, that south aspect of the mountain there, it, it gets the most sun. And... 
a real good indication, you know, and the east too, because the sun rises. It, you know, does it from change? The does the south aspect change more? Does the does the the vegetation the you're talking about? Well, like like the conditions. You know like I mean? setting like conditions. They can vary. When you're talking about thermals and stuff like that, do you see more change on the south side of the mountain than the north side? Yes. Okay. Yes, and the only reason I say that is because um, let's just take some of the the warmer times of year that, that main guys run, like pursuits and stuff like that. I guarantee if you talk to them a little bit and if, if guys take, you know, take mental notes or whatever, like, like we, you know, it gets more sun. Therefore, I would expect that scent to be weaker right. in, this, in the southern aspects versus the north. Um, yeah. The eastern side was like that, too, especially in the wintertime. That south easterly slope gets a lot of sun, um, and it can, it can you know, burn that scent off if you don't have the snow to hold it. And it could also mess with, with the scent, too, uh, in, in the aspect of it melting the snow and kind of washing that scent out. Um, the western can be that. The western slope can be that way. Um, I think it depends on the location on where it's at as far as, uh, you know, where the moisture is. Obviously, if it's closer towards a northwest slope in between the, the north and the western slope, it's still going to be a sitting in a good, pretty good spot. The scent mm -hmm. is, and I mean, versus you know, that southwest slope where you're going to be on the line of, well, if I started him on the northwest slope and I'm working him south and he ends up, you know, on the southwest south slope, it's going we to be might harder. And we might slow down a little bit. And so just thinking of somebody listening to this podcast and going, well, what the hell are we, what, what, what's the answer to this? Um, and for me, I would just say sometimes being a little sticky, you know, and I, and I use the word sticky, but means stay with it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like your dog yep. standing on their heads. Don't give up quickly. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if I was to give some advice that it's like, you're not going to always work through them and you, you'll start making your excuses early. So you have them ready. You know what I mean? If you, if you're going to start, <laughs> yeah, excuse, we need to make an excuse card. Exactly. Just have it ready. Get the excuse <laughs> card out, get it warmed up. So you have the excuse ready, but don't give up. You know what I mean? Try to push through that. Whatever it is those dogs are doing, there's a change. And if you have decent dogs, those dogs probably want to catch that critter more than you do, to be honest with mm -hmm. you. So if you can if you can get them to be sticky and, and work through, you know, like sometimes I'll just grab my lunch, grab my sandwich and be like, eh, we're just going to sit here and eat a sandwich for a little while while those dogs stand on their head and mm -hmm. something will break and one dog will figure it out and they'll start moving again. And, and there are times when you think there's no way in hell you're going to catch something. And if you just chill out and let those dogs work and try to figure it out, you can. You cannot also. You know what I mean? Sometimes <laughs> the dog come up and want your, your sandwich and be like, hey, can yeah. I share your sandwich? Yeah. But, well, sitting conditions are so, there's so many factors involved. I mean, not just yeah. terrain, vegetation, sun exposure. Like we could come up with an excuse list a mile long, you know. Yeah, it's uh, but it's interesting to hear. Like, you know, I think we all look at the weather, and you just assume, oh, it's temperature and it's wind directions and this and that. But they forget about a lot of the microclimate, you yep. know, and and what's going on in those isolated canyons. I mean, there's a big difference from mm -hmm. one draw to the next, and I think even. I mean, I'm not educated in this at all, but just as a observation, you know, you get drainages, creek drainages. You've got different airflows in those versus drainages that are dry. You know, there's a lot of factors involved. No, there is. And and that's kind of why I wanted to do this with you guys, because I feel like uh, if you have, and it, you know, Buddy calls it the excuse card, but I yeah, <laughs> I call it being a better hunter if you can ouch ouch buddy was I'm, that a, was that I'm a not, mic drop that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't a dig buddy he's breaking up i can't hear you i can't come to <laughs> <me>. <laughs> he's not gonna be able to use this podcast now we're gonna have to find somebody else hey i hear where he's coming from because i find myself lost like there's not a lot of people that want to dig in super far to yeah. this stuff 
because it is like super complicated. Uh, it and so like what I was saying, just just for you, for myself, being a better hunter, I want to understand how weather happens and how it affects where I'm hunting. Just like I was talking to you guys on the uh, the aspects. You know, it's good to understand how the sun during different parts of the year hits the, those different aspects of the mountain. It yeah. could possibly help you try and figure it out and um, try and figure out that lost track. So, like, like buddy, you, you bring up a very good point in the way it happened that day was it did take one dog. It took one dog to get it, everybody lined out, and then that's that's how we ended up caught. But, you know, like, I just bought uh, a, a Garmin Alpha 200i from, from you guys this year. This is the first year that I have ever used uh, technology, and I've been using the Beep Beep system since, gosh, 2002 or three, And um, I have always followed my dogs. And... There's something to be said about that. Obviously, there's pros and cons in both, which we, you know, have been talked about in length over a lot of other podcasts. But so following those dogs, helping them work through it, but also understanding, like you know, a couple of times I've seen my buddy Aaron will will go up on a different spot where the wind's blowing, right, to try and grab that wind and drift drift that scent back into where we should be, right. Um, mm. And it, it's all takes tips and tricks of the trade, but to, uh, to understand weather and it, I mean, I, I kind of geek out on it a little bit just because of how much we deal with it at work, um, to understand, you know, a lot of this stuff, you know, like the relative humidity and the winds for the day and the temps that'll dictate what type of fire behavior to expect for the day. Or if we're talking about prescribed burning, that could be, we could have a nice little window of perfect burning to achieve our goal for those units and so that's that's why you know i that's why I, he nerds out on it that nerds out on on weather yeah but i've also seen that i've, I've seen some of this stuff translate to, to running hounds too yeah it makes sense well if you're gonna live on the mountain which is what we all try to do and when we're hunting we're kind of you know you, you 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 immerse yourself in that environment it would just make sense that you know, there's, there's people that just, you know, it's like, oh, you just go out and hunt and you just don't think about it. But the, the more involved I get, whether it's elk hunting, deer hunting, I really enjoy becoming a part of the mountain, if that makes yeah. sense. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, mm -hmm. you're going to, you know, whether you're walking with the dogs or trying to figure out where this animals walk through, you know, trying to think of how the cat responds or the bear or whatever it is you're hunting, go, what would they be doing? How would they be traveling? You know, how do they hit a road? How do they walk a road? You know, they cross the road. Do they walk down a road? Well, the mountain and the weather and, and the conditions are all a part of that story that I don't think a lot yeah. of us talk about. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, it was sunny. <laughs> you know, 70 yeah. and sunny. So. Well, we, Danny and I were just talking about that last night because I was looking at, it was um, a foraging book that we were looking at ordering. And I said, you know. I don't mean this disrespectfully, but I feel like there is a difference between sportsmen and woodsmen. Like yeah. the true woodsman is that on the mountain, just soaking everything in like buddy in his future life. Get away from technology. Get away from <laughs> all of it. iPhone not go up there. That's what I want to go. But you know, like that's the difference is you just kind of notice all of the things that play the key role instead of having let's say three pieces to a puzzle you realize there's 50 of them yeah and just mm -hmm. trying to you know obtain information and, and process it all or yep. you could just call it excuses I, or excuses yeah, 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 yeah you could definitely call it <laughs> stefan's just a better hunter <laughs> <laughs> easy <laughs> hey you've heard our podcast you knew something like this had happened <laughs> Well, I, I mean, like I said, uh, you know, with, with Buddy having issues, I listened to all those podcasts. I, I wasn't surprised. I felt bad for you, but <laughs> it's just like, man, I feel Buddy and technology don't go hand in hand. Which is hilarious. It is. I hate to say it. I am not the techie guy. I fix stuff with hammers. Buddy's the technical one. So to let everybody know, so we lost power this morning. We got snow. I, we. uh. Who's we? Me. 
you. <laughs> I'm I'm quarantined at home because I I got the sniffles the other day, that Omicron or whatever. I mm. I don't know if I got that or not. I don't want to find out. But I don't want to know. I'm like I asked the shop and. Half of me thinks they just don't want me in the shop. They call me Captain Chaos <laughs> in the shop. So I think half of them say, like, no, no, you stay home. So I've been quarantined at home today. Anyways, lost the power, Was took the internet out, and so I was trying to get my generator fired up to to get the internet turned on. And, oh, man, it's just been one thing after another. And then yeah. I am still don't have a computer tied up to the internet. Yeah, you better fix that in the next hour. I'm on. Uh, we got more podcasts to do. Yeah, I'm on the phone. I'm on the iPhone app thing, so I don't know if the audio's going to sound good or not, but it don't matter. Um, uh, so no, it's been good. Stephen, do we cover everything that you want to kind of cover? I mean, we can always come back and do this again. Uh, yeah, I think I. Well, hopefully, I should ask you guys that. Did I cover everything you guys wanted? Man, I think it's a lot to digest. Like I think a, a book. It is. I would like a book to hear. of excuses. That's what I want. A book of excuses, spelled out easily, so that I can just easily determine and sound smart. The pressure sucked. Check. <laughs> no, I think uh, it would be nice to hear. I'm sure a lot of the listeners are going to have questions because it was like just a scrape the surface kind of deal. I would like to see what the response is there, and maybe. You know, come at it with a little bit of a game plan too, and and dive deeper into some listener questions at so, some point. So to wrap this back to the very beginning, because I know a lot of people use the reference when you see the smoke coming out of the chimney, and the, the it's rising. That's a good day to be out. You know, for scent. That's an inversion. When the smoke's going up, that's an inversion. No, that means hangs. that there's well, yeah, when it hangs, when it's flat. Okay, and that's. By the old school of thought, when everybody says, oh, when the smoke's rising, that's the time that dogs can trail good. It's because the, the scent's rising They associate up, the scent with the smoke. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what Jason had said that, you know, was my reply to kind of kind of steer the ship a little bit straighter and get him set on I was what, wrong. What, 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 he was ta- what, what you were talking about, just giving a name to what you were talking about. Right. <laughs> So yeah. Uh, so when the smoke yeah, is level, I mean, when the smoke comes out of the chimney and stays level, that's the inversion. It stays flat. Yeah. So yeah. then in that, your humidities are higher. It's a cooler temp versus further up higher. Um, I think if I remember right, Jason, you said uh, a buddy of yours said that with the smoke, if the inversion's in, that's a good time to trail. If, if mm-hmm. they, so and that makes sense. You know, with the, the humidity being high enough. To hold that scent. Okay. So when um, I see the smoke flat, I need to go grab my dogs and go hunt. And go catch one. You can, you can give it a try. But by the time I get to the mountain, when I'm over at home and I drive an hour away, a whole different scenario. Yeah, but <laughs> like, see, the then you side. open a whole nother can of worms because what if you're it climbing is. and you get above that uh, inversion yeah. level, right? Like you yeah. get above, mm-hmm. let's say you're hunting coastal range. I'm assuming the fog line has something to do with your inversion, right? Yeah, like that there's fog a reason line, they it hang. Could be, mm-hmm, could be there could be an aversion in. Um, you know, I I'm not too familiar with. I mean, I I get sea breezes and and stuff like that. Uh, that was taught to me a little bit, but seeing it firsthand and kind of noting mentally and stuff like that, I, I'm not too uh, too skookum on that. But um, I'm sure that word's been used twice in this podcast, and I love it. What's that? What word? Skookum. Skookum. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know Uh, what that is, buddy? Nope. Can we get a definition? (laughs) Uh, basically, somebody who knows their shit (laughs) means you know what you're talking about instead of blowing steam, right? Um. So, yeah, I I don't really want to. <laughs> yes or no question, Jason. No pressure. I'm not answering that. <laughs> oh. I'm not answering that. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, it, you could you could just turn out on a on a spot that's got an inversion. Try it. See see what it, what you know what we've been talking about. But you know, for most guys, I'm sure they're going to say it too. Well, by the time I go, there could be inversion at home, and I'm going up on the mountain, and there's no inversion. Well, 
You just gotta hunt. Yeah. Yeah. You just At gotta some point, you just gotta you gotta you gotta take the conditions you got and and, and do your best. Yeah, do yep. what you can. Mm-hmm. Well maybe we'll have part two. We'll we'll wait for some listener questions and maybe we'll circle back to that. Any trips? So when you're hunting in the wind, that 90 mile an hour BS that I'm going to stay my ass at home. But uh, what's your, what's your tips on that? Try and find the spots that don't have as much wind. Like we, <laughs> get, we have. get out of the wind. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a general pretty, that's a general statement. But like around here, we do have some good canyons yeah. that sl- slow that wind down a little bit. I mean, don't be afraid to go for a walk. I like to free cast a lot. Right. Um, you know, I'll cut a, you know, I'll go cut a few roads just to kind of check to see, uh, will I turn out on something if they cross? Yeah, I will. But I'm also not afraid to free cast my dogs either. Right. And so, sure. um, I, I mean, I like doing it anyways, stay in shape for fire season. So there you go. Cool. All right, Jason. But, yeah. You got anything to wrap it up with? No, I think he's got me pretty set straight, at least for now. I've been taking some notes. I got some excuses. I'm ready for, I'm ready for the next trip. It's been a little bit rough for me with this with the snow. We've just been getting piled of piles of snow, and uh, yeah, dude, over us here. This if before this system came through last weekend, we didn't have anything, and it was super tough. It was we were having a hard time, and even right now, it's we're it's our our. My buddy and I's worst season thus far, and then we get uh, the system brought with at least a foot and a half of snow, and then we're getting oh, we're getting seventy mile an hour winds today with another system coming in tonight and and wrapping things up on Saturday morning. So we go from that to like really good conditions, but it's not now we have to deal with the wind. And so when the wind comes up, that's what I'm talking about. Like you find certain canyons and certain areas to just kind of free cast and hunt because everything else is going to be drifted and yeah but yeah well i've been talking to some other guys too it seems like an odd season for everybody this year i know for me like i said i it i've been taking so my goal this this year was take some employees out and kind of expose them a little bit poor olivia and her brother we i had a little snowmobile. Oh, they wreck. got the full experience. Yeah, I got I got to redo their take. <laughs> they got they got screwed. They got about seven miles in, and then I smashed a radiator, and so we had to go to rescue mission after that. But um, oh no, it's just been deep. I mean, deep powder. Like I found one track that 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 was it was a day old, but I mean we we're talking forty eight fifty inches of snow. And there's no bottom right now. It's it was just miserable. And there's another 18 inches that's happened while I've been sick. So it's like, I got I got enough excuses. You got to base. It's like, man, this is BS. I just need that yeah. snow to pack in and settle and set. Yeah, he didn't need you for excuses. He's got. I'm going to run down. out soon. <laughs> the snow, the snow <laughs> excuses are getting old, but I don't know. I maybe we should just start hunting the coast. But I'm sure that is. Right. That sounds like there. some pretty intense. Uh, Pretty intense and readily available avalanche conditions in some spots. Yeah, yeah, I've been reading just up not on settling them. like that. Yeah, it's just it just keeps coming. It's just weird. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, I haven't been up this week because of because of my because of cold. This. I'm gonna call it COVID or whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I don't want to know at this point. Don't judge me. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just stay my ass home. I'll just do the quarantine and. Everybody. That's what I thought was funny is you got the sniffles and I got them too. And we're like 400 miles apart. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, crap, <laughs> I can't call in sick. I work from home. Like, what? how does that make me look like a Nancy? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah. All right, Stevan. Well, thanks, man. Thank you for joining hey. us. And uh, I'm, hopefully we didn't scat. I mean, I could tell you, you were like, well, let me collect my thoughts. <laughs> you guys are like bombarding <laughs> me with with shit and we didn't kind of lay it out as probably you probably had everything had everything dialed in right oh he did it. he had bullet points he had a whole he was ready yeah no no i just uh i was just trying to get a feel of what what you guys wanted to cover that way like i was telling jason before you came on was you know, i do a lot of uh, teams meetings briefings and stuff like that every day and so yeah. um i just wanted to be prepared and kind of have a general idea 
of, of what you guys wanted to talk about, even though, you know, I, yeah, I've listened to the podcast. There, there's there's <laughs> rabbit. No, there's no A B C. There's no A Z F. We got just exactly, wherever. exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. and and uh, I want to say thank you guys really uh, very much, and and I appreciate you guys asking me to be on. I do. Um, yeah. So we'll come back on again. Like I said, maybe maybe uh, you almost like like I said, everybody in the shop calls me Captain Chaos. You almost got a nice, clean podcast with Jason. He's probably a lot more mellow and just doesn't <laughs> disrupt. You know, Captain Chaos doesn't come in and mix shit up. So you almost got a good podcast, and then somehow I figured out how to meddle. Then he figured out how one. to make his stuff work. It's okay. <laughs> All right, Jason. How many? What's, what's our timeline on this one? We're at 37. I'm going to stop this one. <laughs>